Welcome to the Idea Climbing Podcast. In the business world, there are general networking meetings to get to know someone and prospecting meetings to help you build your business. Clay Hicks and I dig into how to have both kinds of meetings successfully. Clay is a word-of-mouth marketing specialist and a serial entrepreneur with a portfolio of five companies, including h7network.com. In this episode, we discuss what you need to do in every first-time networking meeting, how to set yourself up for successful follow-up meetings, how to ask prospecting questions without being too salesy, the structure of prospecting meetings, and other golden nuggets of advice. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you for being here, Clay. I appreciate you making the time. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. And I'm excited to dig into this topic. We're going to talk about how to have successful networking meetings. Is it in the one-on-one? We met at an event. We're going to explore and get to know each other. How to have successful prospecting meetings. And, which I love when we were on our last conversation, the crossover between the two and how to do it effectively so you're actively growing your business and not just running around having meetings. And at the same time, as you say, you're not just pitch slapping everyone you meet and pitching them right away. So I'd love to start with just the networking one-on-ones. What are a couple of your golden rules to set expectations for a networking one-on-one? Yeah. Number one, no pitch slapping. (laughs) (laughs) No pitch slapping. That person across from you has value. So you might as well value them. Um, Number two is if you focus on earning trust with the person across from you, then the like and no will follow. Those two things, just to repeat. Don't pitch slap the person across from you and your mindset should be earning trust with the person across from you so that like and no can follow and mutually beneficial relationships can follow. Well, what kind of things can you do, especially if it's a first meeting? How do you earn trust when you're just getting to know somebody? Because sometimes it takes time. Yeah, yeah. So um, when it comes to earning trust, when when I say that, um, let me say it this way. The average person, uh, I'm sure everybody listening is going to know the form, uh, the words, no like, and trust. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, the average person actually sets out whether they mean to or not, even on a subconscious level, they go out to build like, no, and trust with mm-hmm. the person across from them. And so the key way to focus on earning trust is to be of service to that person across from you concentrate on being of service with the person across from you. So once you connect with them, you know, hi, how do you do's, where are you from, all the stuff, and you start building a little rapport and connecting with them, then there's then there's plenty of time or you should make time intentionally to try to help that person across from you in any way possible. And what questions, what uh... Let me rephrase that. What exploratory questions can help somebody do that if they're listening that they can use in their next one-on-one? Yeah. So um, after you've connected for a few minutes, maybe 15 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, depending upon how long your meeting is. So think halfway through. Here are some exploratory questions. How can I help you? That's one. Mm. Number two, who would you like to meet? Okay. Now, That right there, that question right there is very intentional. If you're somebody who has a big network and, you know, can help that person across from you, right? Pretty easily, at least you think you can, right? 
And uh, so these next questions are for people who don't have that big a network, okay? How's business? Right? Um, <clears throat> what of my expertise could I be helpful with, with your business? The idea is to be of service. So if you have a larger network, you may ask, how can I help you? Tie that together with who would you like to meet? Mm -hmm. If you don't have such a large network, you may say, how's business going? You know, what, what of my expertise could be of help to you, could be of service to you? Help them. That's how you start to earn trust. Well, when you start to do it, a lot of times people don't have second meetings. Is there anything you can do at the end of the first meeting to at least nudge it a little bit further along to lead into a second meeting and not just be one and done all the time? Oh my gosh, yes. One and Good. done. One and done is the uh the the kiss of death. Just meeting a bunch of people, 200 people this year, and nothing <laughs> happened. <laughs> not a thing happened. So how you do that is is after you've served. Okay, after you've served, and there's enough time for you to ask for help as well. So connect, serve, and ask. You need to ask. Okay, this is going to be a moment of time that enables you to, or triggers your brain to think, "Hey, we should meet again." Mm -hmm. So if 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 we're in this connect, serve, and ask one to one, and I say, "Mark, I'm looking for fractionals," and you legitimately try to help me back. Because I served you first, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to come back and say, I'm looking for fractionals. Number one, if I have time to ask, if I have time yeah. to ask, then I will. But if I don't have time to ask, it's important the other person does take the time to ask how they can help them. That's the crux. That's the moment in time where that is a trigger for you to decide, I should want to meet with this person again. Mm -hmm. But if there's no help either way, you just wasted your time. But that's the trigger. Did they try to help you back after you tried to help them? Or vice versa? So is it a two-way? I, I, if I hear you right, you're asking, was the litmus test, if you will, is did we just create a two-way street or was it one-sided? Yeah, it's a great way to think about it. Yes, it's a great way to think about it. Yes. And if it's one-sided, there's no follow-up. Would that be correct? Um, I mean, that's, I mean, sometimes people don't know what they're doing. So you may have to actually bring them through it. Maybe they have great target. You know, if, if, if their target market is similar to yours and the contact at the company or the type of people you target, if it's similar, you may need to help that along and say, Hey, let's do another one-to-one, -one, even if they didn't help you. So you have to be mm -hmm. a good judgment of character and a good judgment of how that meeting went in order to decide to meet again. Well, with what I love, I think if I understand right with what you just said, this could be really interesting to, to for the people listening. Sometimes you can't assume the other person is a master networker or even a great networker, and it's not a bad thing. If they're not as experienced as you, that is not bad. That is not a judgment. That's right. You might if I'm on track, speak to this, you might have to serve as a guide, which would benefit both of you because you being a, a better networker can help them. I'll say sometimes, obviously, but them as a novice can learn how to network with you by you guiding them. Could you talk, speak about how people could be guiding the person they're talking to? That's correct. Yes. Because, you know, you don't know where they come from. You don't know what kind of day they're having. You, you just don't know. So you might as well be considerate or 
be curious about how you might be able to work together. Not, not everybody has that. So you might as well try to guide it if you possibly can, like you're saying, that's correct. So what is a follow-up as far as the person that's guiding them, if they want to set up a follow is it as simple as what's the next one-on-one or do they have to give them a reason or how do they, how do they tee up the follow-up? Okay. Well, so I have proprietary like uh, processes and I'm just going to kind of lot, you know, guide over them for just a moment or just glide over them. Excuse me. So if, um, if you're sitting with somebody and you think that you should meet again, well, one of you need to start. So you might as well go first. And so if you say, Hey, Mark, we should meet again. <laughs> and the other person's going to say, for what? <laughs> Why would we meet again? Well, we would meet again so that we can deepen our relationship. Mm. We need to deepen our relationship. And so by meeting again, um, in this second one-to-one, I need to know what, what it's like uh, to be your prospect. I need to see what that looks like. I need to understand that. I need to understand like what it would be like if I made a referral to you how you would treat that person I referred you. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I don't think anyone's ever said that to me. No, check this out. The reason that referrals exist in the way in which you see it publicly is typically the person that's receiving referrals is typically from their clients. That's where most of your referrals are going to come from. Now, the reason they come from that is because that person knows what it's like to work with you. So if you're professionally trying to grow your business by word of mouth and do the thing, everybody needs to know what it's like to work with you so that trust can be deepened in that second and third follow-up one-to-ones. Well, it's what about the other side of that? As far as if you tell someone, I need to know what it's like to be your prospect, that's you initiating it. How, I'm trying to think how to say this, I'll just ask, how can you, without being salesy, how can you do the do the flip of that as, hey, Clay, I'd like you to understand what it's like to be my prospect. I mean, is that something that you just don't do or is it something you can do? What does that look like? Yeah, yeah, we need to do it for each other. But if you're guiding that, if you're guiding that process, of course, you're going to be like, hey, Mark. I'd like to deepen our relationship and our next one-to-one. I want to know what it's like for you to sell, you know, prospect me. And then is it okay if I do the same for you? Equal. Nice. Equal. Well, this is a good segue because we're going to, now let's talk about prospecting meetings. And after that, we'll talk about the crossovers. But for now, you they've at least learned how to inch it more towards that. So when you go into a prospecting meeting, what guidelines would you have knowing that this is a potential client? Yes. So connect, serve, and ask. If somebody introduces you to a prospect or you're just meeting with your prospect for the very first time, trust needs to be earned. You need to learn how to sell yourself, not your product or service alone. So the way in which you do that is when you're with your prospects, you connect, serve, and ask them as well. Selling through them, more or less. Think about it that way. 
Can you explain that? Because I know some people don't know what selling through means. Yeah. So it's like taking it's it, what it means is, is valuing the person in front of you, regardless of who they are. So if you value that person, then your mindset should be to focus on earning that person's trust and giving them a chance to earn your trust. Very simply put, regardless if they're a prospect or it's a one-to-one with a networking uh, professional, it does not matter. You should treat them the same. So what does what does a prospecting meeting look like to you? Um, uh, so if if I ask you, Mark, who you'd like the introduction to, choose your words carefully. So if you say I'm looking for these people and I can connect you to them, I'm going to do it. If those are your prospects, well, great. If that's what you ask for, mm-hmm. so and when you meet with them, treat them the same. Connect. Serve and ask. Do you have to tell somebody as far as how do you draw the line? Because a lot of people will say, I want to, you know, connect, serve and ask. And how can I help you is a very, very common question, especially in 8-7 because of all your trainings, of course. How can I help you? Well, I want to meet fractionals, let's say. Yeah. Should you ask them why or how do you, because I know if, especially in a first meeting, maybe you could speak to this in a first meeting, no like, and trust it's a little, there could, let's just say it's going well. And there's a little bit there, but someone's a little bit like hesitant of, I just met you. I don't know if I could refer you a client. How do you draw that line? Or how do you make someone comfortable enough to say, okay, oh, you want to meet fractional, fractional CMOs? Yes, I do. Why? Oh, those are the people that I work with. How do you navigate those waters without being salesy and make someone comfortable enough to say yes in the first or second meeting? I'll introduce you to a fractional because you might be able to do business with them. Remember, it's about earning trust. If you haven't earned any trust with that person across from you, you might as well not even ask. Trust first. Make sure you're earning trust. So if you and I are in a one-on-one, Mark, and I connected with you and you connected back. And then I say, Mark, who would you like to meet? Or how can I help you? And you say, I want to meet fractionals. Well, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go first. I'm going to introduce you to my friends. I'm going to introduce you to my friends I have a relationship with right now. And I got a list of three and that's going to happen. And I'm going to send out the email introductions. And you're going to get an opportunity to meet with these professional colleagues of mine that are fractionals. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> so. When I make the introduction, there's many trust earning opportunities. Number one is you replied. <laughs> you replied to that email, right? That's huge. Yeah, just replying to the email is a big <laughs> deal. <laughs> All right, next, you show up for the appointment. I'm watching your behavior, and we all should be watching that kind of behavior to allow that person to earn your trust. So you show up for the appointment, and then I get an email from that person. And they say, Woo! That was not a great one-to-one. This person tried to pitch slap me. Out. You're out. Mm. I gave you a chance. I told you and asked you to do a one-to-one with that person. Make sure you do a one-to-one with that fractional. And if you turn into a pitch slapping session, you better believe I'm going to get an email. I'm going to find all about it. So what's the right way to handle that referral? That The referral situation where it could be a potential client, but not selling them immediately how do you do it without just like having it turn devolve into a, just a one-on-one let's you know like business dating or something how do you keep it on the business level and do it the right way so to go back to when you meet with that prospect connect 
serve, and ask. See how you can also help that prospect that you deem as your prospect, right? So you mm. must try to earn that prospect's trust. It's not just about the sale. It should be about the relationship and selling yourself to this fractional because that fractional knows all kinds of fractionals. Chances are you're going to get yourself into a nest of fractionals because you ask for them and they're your prospects. So you have to focus on earning each person's trust in front of you, regardless if they are a prospect or a networking one-to-one. It does not matter. It The same mindset needs to exist. So if I hear you right, in a referral situation with someone who could be a prospect, don't sell, Don't even though they could be a prospect, even if it's kind of set up like that, it sounds like what you're saying is that first call should be getting to know each other, even if it, because the second call could become the, oh, by the way, you know, do you mind if we talk shop? But the first call is just building trust and getting to know them when so many people think, oh, I, I because I said for fractional CMOs are my ideal client and Clay introduced me to a fractional CMO, I have to try and sell them something because it's a prospecting meeting. Well, if again, tell me if I'm right. If I hear you right, a prospecting meeting is to get to know the person. The second time is when you would bring up, would it be okay if we spoke about business because I think I can help you? That's right. So um, I've heard this um, this word discovery call, like meaning we're a prospect for the first time should not be about pitch slapping them, should not be all about just selling hardcore to sell your product or service. You must focus on earning that prospect's trust. And there's only a couple of key ways to do that. You must serve them. You have to figure out how you can serve them aside from what you sell, you have to give yourself a chance to earn that person's trust and nurture that relationship instead of one-time close. Now, that person can buy from you. I just want to make sure we add that in there. If that person says, you know what? I like your services and I like how you earn my trust. Can we meet again? I want to learn more. Because instead of the idea or the mentality of sell my product or service, you're earning their trust so you can create buyers. Well, I, I, what I heard was the question for, and this is tying the prospecting meetings and the one-on-one general networking meetings together, a key question to help diffuse tension of, is he trying to sell me? Is she trying to sell me? I'm not really sure. Is how can I help you outside of my services? That's correct. So, so <clears throat> um, how can I help you as a starting point? You know, even if you're in a networking one-to-one, how can I help you, Mark? If I'm in a prospect me, how can I help you, Mark? And then their responses is what you need to have secondary questions to. So in a networking one-to-one, they may say, well, I'm not sure how you can help me. Okay, well, who would you like to meet? And you're in a networking one-to-one. When you're with your prospect, the person you asked for, how can I help you? And that person already knows you're probably talking about the services you provide. So sidestep it instead of allowing them to continue to think you're trying to sell them. Now sell yourself and you simply step out. You ask the question, how else can I help you aside from what I do for a living? You have to break up the conversation to a point where you are managing the trust earning opportunities. 
instead of just selling one-time clothes right now, I got to close my business. I need to sell it right now, or I need to sell my product right now. Mm -hmm. You have to have trust earning opportunities with your prospect. Well, we've covered a lot of ground in a very short period of time. And to close out, because trust is mentioned, uh, mentioned a bunch. If you were to say, do this one thing to develop trust for both networking one-on-ones in general and prospecting, as, as if nothing else, do this one thing and it'll help you earn trust. What would you tell people to do? Be of service to others. Be that. Don't just do it. Be it. And B times do equals have. Be of service. Time serve that person equals have whatever most people do not even have the opportunity to ever have in their life. Excellent. Thank you for the time, Clay. And if people want to find you online, where's the best way? You can find me on LinkedIn. You can look up Clay Hicks. Um, I'm out of the uh, uh, Cincinnati Dayton area. Love to connect you there. Or you can send me an email to Clayton at H7Network.com. Be happy to, to connect and do a one-to-one with you. This has been awesome. Thanks again, Clay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I also hope that you'll subscribe to the Idea Climbing Podcast and rate us on iTunes. Visit ideaclimbing.com to learn more about idea climbing and hear more episodes about mentoring, marketing, and big ideas.